0: Hey, John. Hi, Merlin. Mm, hello.
1: You got what I need. But you say he's just a friend. You, yeah, uh, Bismarcky? Yes, Bismarcky. So I was just, just listening to some Bismarcky. Yeah. Yesterday I was listening to the butthole service and today I'm listening to Biz and just trying and I'm trying to go back <laughs> and start over again. Returning take to a, the classics. I'm going to take a different road this time. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to take the high road. Starting off fresh. Yeah, I'm going to Ta- start off fresh. Tabula rasa. Tabula rasa. hmm <laughs> Word up. John, have, Blank you been, slate.
0: have you been getting exposed to new music?
1: Oh, well, you know, I was just at uh, Seattle's Bumbershoot Festival and got exposed to a lot of new things. <laughs> um, I got exposed to some new music like The Breeders, Super Chunk, The Zombies, what Death, Death Cab for Cutie. Those, whoa, 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 whoa. All the big acts. You saw, you
0: saw Argent and uh, the other guy.
1: Hmm. Argent and what's his name? That... Argent and, and Big Voice. That
0: guy can still sing like hell, can
1: he? He sings; it's amazing. He's like an angel. He's a little old man, and he's blowing—he's blowing doors out with his with his incredible voice. Oh like man! Like first song, first chorus, and you're like, how do you get? How would you get there? Even at the end of your set, how would you be so so warmed up that you could hit that note? And he's right there.
0: His solo record is really good. Now, I'm, for some reason, I'm totally spacing on what his name is, Colin.
1: Yeah, Colin Blundstone.
0: Blundstone. Yeah. They have uh, a really good song that I think they might have even recorded after Odyssey and Oracle. I think it's called Remember the Swan. Mm. Na, 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 na. It's just uh it's just soaring. Yeah. That record is that's a melancholy record.
1: It is. There's a lot of sadness being a zombie.
0: Hmm.
1: There's so so, There's so a
0: song about World War One on there.
1: Well, you know what? There's a song about World War One on the second Keen album too. They <laughs> don't want to talk about it. That was uh, because, it controversial Did because they pick the, no, pick the wrong no. side. It's just that a lot that most keen fans, you know, they 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 want the they want the the songs to be about love.
0: Thematically, what would you say most keen
1: songs are about? I would say most keen songs are about longing for friendship.
0: Oh, that's like a brony kind of thing.
1: Longing for friendship. It's proto brony. They they keen was there before the bronies. Uh, But yeah, it's about longing for friendship, just like everything. Yeah, just like everything. I remember, I remember, you know, back when I didn't want to be touched. I didn't realize <laughs> there was never a time when you. I, I didn't I realize believe that that I did that. What I really was doing was yearning to be touched.
0: You you just wanted to hold hands
1: and talk. Yeah, you know, like don't talk. Yeah.
0: Put your head on my shoulder.
1: Pet my hair.
0: Pet that's sounds. what I wanted, Pet. and
1: that's what everybody wants. You have nice hair. Yeah. So wow. you saw
0: the zombies. You saw the Breeders. I, I've seen the Breeders a couple of times. They, they back in the day, they put on a pretty good show. I liked them better than Nirvana when I saw them.
1: Yeah, you know they still put on a good show. And I have to say, I was I was standing in the crowd. The uh, the young lady I was with at the concert uh, turned to me and said, "Do the Breeders matter to you? Are the Breeders part of your thing? Do they are they like part of your pantheon?" And I I sighed and I slumped my shoulders and I said, "Yes." the breeders matter to me.
0: Well, what part of that was hard for you?
1: It's hard. I don't know. I remember at the time, the breeders, it just felt like, uh, it felt like it was that, that moment in time where it's like, we don't even know how to play our instruments. My sister doesn't even, she never even picked up a guitar before. And, and now she's, you know, coming up with these cool guitar parts and we're a band and we don't even care. Do 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 do. And I was like, fuck all of that. Yeah. But in fact, they made really good music, uh, to me you know like that music reaches me it's very cool everything about them is cool but but like i feel like it's legitimately cool it's not trying it, to it be, is this, it is and i think it's, it's just, one of
0: those instances where the albini production was such a perfect match yep i yep. mean that man knows how to mic a bass it's yes just, he can make up his i mean tim Midget's bass is like a force of nature The the way he makes it sound and, and the way he does drums. I heard a, um, I got a copy of, uh, the cassette of demos. Mm. Uh, mostly stuff that was on pod and some stuff that would be on last splash in early versions. And it sounded great. It was yeah. the kind of thing where like you put this on and if you were some dumbass record executive in the early nineties, who would, you know, who would have signed up in a pound of bacon? Like, <laughs> they- <laughs> come on, kid. kid, we got plans for you. We got to promote the hell out of this. Poke, poke, poke. I'll tell you, a pound of bacon is going to be huge. <laughs> the bacon just <does> some- <laughs> we
1: talks with Sub Pop. <laughs> well, I have to say though, you know how I feel about distortion. And I've been reflecting back on my life as a musician, and I feel like I have not, that I have not given distort I have not allowed myself to have distortion. This is the problem.
0: I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I'm lost. You 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 have you mean overdrive or confusion?
1: Hmm. Hmm. Do I? Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no no i mean so what you don't you have, you got a boss both, or a rat or something both things
1: both things. i have a million overdrive pedals i have a i actually have a, a there's an extension of my house just built out of the boxes that overdrive <laughs> pedals came on
0: came in. <laughs> we call it the boss swing <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh but but you know in the 90s right <laughs> i had a uh, my my amplifier was a carven 120 watt head on top of a 412 cabinet that was so that weighed about
0: 600 pounds. Yeah,
1: that was, and it was one of those carvings. Those carvings were heavy. Was like, they, it was so heavy, and it was, and it had a parametric EQ on the front. And it was, you know, for, for all back in the day, you know, we guitar dudes would sit and like really micro adjust <laughs> all the all the different frequencies ding, of our tone. Ting, ting. And ding, this, ding. you know, and this is for playing club shows where there are 60, 80 people, 150 people. And, you know, I had that, and then the other guitarist in the band also had a, a four twelve cabinet and a hundred watt head. We were just ripping people's faces off, and every band did it, and tons and tons of distortion. It was, you know, we were rock and roll. But my indie rock career there there are no there are hardly any recordings of that whole decade, and my indie rock career was, you know, it coincided with the whole quiet is the new loud apocalypse. <sighs> yeah. And the whole distortion is bad. Fast tempos are bad. We're just going to, our music is just going to, going to bore people into a state where all they want to do is buy the t-shirt.
0: Just gently strum a ukulele case. Yeah. Just, I mean, it was even before for ukuleles,
1: It was just like, we're going to pet your vagina hair <laughs> until you, you sleep, sleep, sleep. And, so you know so the first few long winners records were made in the in this era and by that point i had i had lost my confidence in rock and roll a little bit my personal confidence in it and i didn't know i didn't understand what was happening and and i was being shepherded through these recordings um and and i was on a label that was very uh that that you know also believed that hard rock and heavy rock had kind of run its course this was a new generation. And so the, so the long winter's records are, are softer than I would have had them. Really? If, 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 if I had medicine
0: cabinet pirate,
1: medicine cabinet pirate was a absolute fist fight to get it made. There was one mix of medicine cabinet pirate that was presented to me in the, and this is like late in the game. Like we are mixing the record and a, a mix of medicine cabinet pirate came over the bow that had no guitars on it
0: is it this was, is this uh mr walla
1: it was chris walla was like i just don't understand the guitars on this record i don't i don't understand the guitar sounds and i really this is what i'm hearing and it sounded like a bjork mix <laughs> it was like bass and drum machine and just oh, the oh he's
0: got the dr. dre keyboard
1: right yeah right just the just the outside elements and not the guitar, not the guitar. Oh my God. Uh, That would sound so
0: pretentious. (laughs) It was so funny because with the guitars are, 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 are are face searing and it's, it's one of the most, I mean, car parts is, is in its way like a mid tempo manicured kind of song. Beautifully my favorite long winter song, but medicine cabinet pirate is much more like visceral in some ways.
1: Don't you think? Well, and medicine cabinet pirate is how it is as close to sounding like the music I made before, the long winters as anything on on those records, mm-hmm. um, but anyway. So I've been thinking. You know, so the last couple of years I have not been recording new music uh, for public consumption, but I have been working on music at home, making tons and tons of music actually, and it all is characterized by this breeder's like distortion wash.
0: It's not, um, it's not the way you described some of the stuff you're doing. It sounds like MBV a little bit.
1: My my bloody Valentine hugely influential, it, not 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 directly, but like spiritually, yeah. like that that feeling you have when you put on uh, the headphones, or or potentially driving in fog late at night when everybody else in the car is asleep, and you have been eating mushrooms all day. That feeling that you are falling into the sky, um, is something that I'm always trying to capture, and that's anyway that's what I've been making, and so listening to the breeders and going to that show for years, I was just like, I don't want to be influenced by the breeders. That's not the story that I want. I, you know, the story that I want to be telling is that I'm influenced by Judas priest, but in fact, I'm more influenced by the breeders than, than I, than I've ever been comfortable admitting until now. Hmm. And it's, and it's because of that, like, because she's singing so down, she's so low, You know, her energy is just so low vibe and cool and the music is just washing over you. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of what I'm into. (sighs) It's really, you know, it's, it's great. It's great. It's like Jeff Buckley. It's great music to have sex to girls that have tribal tattoos.
0: Especially if she's dead. Oh. No, not in a bad way.
1: Oh right, okay. Good, dead in a good way.
0: But yeah, I, I'm trying to understand why this makes you sad. Because I mean, the the, the sound like the breeders thing is is uh, is, is getting your uh, dander up a little bit. But but it sounds like you're getting closer to well, yeah, thinking closer. about a thing you'd like to do.
1: You know, you know what it's like uh, to be 25, Merlin. Mm. You've been 25. Yeah. And when I was 25... I was 25
0: for about 20 years.
1: <laughs> when I was 20, I was 25 for about 11 minutes. But when I was 25, you were I was six. 20, <laughs> I really felt already at 24 to 23 years old. I already felt like I was too old for punk music, that that was for kids. I felt like I was too old for pop music in a way, like contemporary music was, was already so dumb by 1991 that I was like, I, I made the mistake of thinking I was too sophisticated to be the age that I was in the time that I was. And it was only later that I reflected back and, you know, because I never saw Nirvana. Nirvana was playing shows all around me and I was like, ah, Nirvana, thats a bunch of kids' music, a bunch of dumb, you know, dumb druggies. And it was only later that that I uh, that I allowed myself to be a fan of Nirvana after you know in, really after after he died two days before Kurt Cobain killed himself if you had asked me if I liked Nirvana I would have said meh yeah I guess if you like that simple kids music and t- two weeks after Kurt Cobain died I thought that the that the world had ended so the breeders I have that I, this is the problem with the breeders for me too at the time I was like
0: I I I uh, will always have a soft spot for smells like Teen Spirit, but I think In Utero is a much better record.
1: Really, I, it's a, <laughs> Incesticide is the one for me. I'm not familiar with that. Incesticide is the B is the like singles B sides.
0: I think the age
1: is showing on uh, Nevermind a little bit yeah, production wise, but it, yeah. Incesticide was the stuff that, that it was released after Nevermind, but it was all recorded before. Okay. And in some cases recorded even before. It's, um, is it more bleachy? It's, it's super bleachy, but even, some of it's even pre-bleach. And, and so what it is, is it's like, do you remember that late 80s? Um, obviously, duh, you remember. But the late 80s up here, there was not a tremendous distinction between hippie psychedelia, metal, and punk. Well, it and this all- is what's
0: frustrating about the fucking grunge thing. It's yeah. like I mean how how do you take a combination of the raincoat's influence and the black sabbath influence and kind of act like that's the same thing.
1: Right. And there's some of the some of the stuff on incesticide is nirvana like tripping out kind of like mm-hmm. tri- hmm. trippy trip trip is, I mean it's still all all y it's grungy but it's like they're they haven't they haven't quite figured out short fast or even loud soft. It's just like, and it's, I don't know. And this is before I, Dave Grohl. As a stoner, it is a lot of it before Dave Grohl. So, yeah, so it's a little, so it's a little less like, and, and much more like, wow. I, I, uh, I, would like, I would like, to, I, would
0: like
1: to, I would like to publicly analyze you.
0: Oh, yes. So <clears throat> take a minute. Um, Should I
1: should I say ah?
0: Well, it'd be nice if you could maybe be uh, just recline a little bit. Okay, you ready? Okay, how how does that make you feel? Uh, It's interesting to me, uh, based on many, many hundreds of conversations we've had, that we we uh, I think we both have a a background in a certain kind of really visceral, like crunchy music. You know, playing the tennis racket kind of music. Mm -hmm. I mean, the stuff that I mean I I know for myself, and I think. Based on what you said, I mean, the thing that got you excited about making the leap from being a music consumer to being a music producer was partly that some, something welling up inside of you that started with this appreciation for, to use that word, again, visceral, like very, like physical, like you could feel it. Or, you know, or, you know, whatever, you know, bum, bum, well, yeah, but, boom, like that kind of stuff. That the like, first time
1: that you sit and, and, and saw away at a guitar until you have forgotten everything mm-hmm. and you're just there, you know, eyes closed, sweat pouring down just, and you're just hammering on this guitar. I,
0: I could play Sweetleaf at rehearsal for hours. It's just so fun. That little like, it's just so fun to play. You feel it like in your gut. Now here's the analysis is that you're a thinker. You think a lot. And, and uh-huh. it's the interesting thing to me is that you seem to be at war with yourself about this one side of you that absolutely knows what you'd like. Like you, and not even like what influence you'd want to point to, but it seems to me like you you have a pretty good feeling for like whether it's something that's like in your pantheon or something you could take or leave or something that should be you know killed with fire. Mm-hmm. But but you think a lot, and I think that's mm-hmm. very interesting. And I wonder if that mm-hmm. does that thinking get in the way of which which you'd like to make.
1: <clears throat> yes, it does. It does, and I, and I've been I've been reflecting ever since. So, <laughs> You've been so thinking I'm, about it. <laughs> so I've been thinking about it a lot. <laughs> ever ever so so we're we're coming up. Well, actually, no, we're over it. Uh, it's been a month now that I have adopted this new way of eating no sugar. And, uh, it's, it's, it's extraordinary.
0: It's still, you're still feeling a difference.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I, I, because, because in the course of the month now I've had a couple of opportunities to like, okay, I'm not, you know, I'm not living in a dictatorship here. I'm going to have a piece of pie on Saturday (laughs) because what the hell? And I had a, I've been good. Uh, well, and it was it was much more like I'm 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 in this for the long haul. It's not like I'm never going to have a piece of pie again. I have to figure out how to have one and then go back to eating right. <laughs>
0: that's the it, that's the problem.
1: It is the problem. You it's know, not like that if different I
0: different from like an unopened uh, bottle of bourbon.
1: Sure, or or like if I could have a cigarette and then on Monday go back to not having cigarettes. It, would, I would it wouldn't still, be a problem. <laughs> I would still be having cigarettes sometimes, but you know, I, I was, I, I, I am not able to do that. But, did I interrupt you. A month, one month. Well, so, so I, I, so I've had the occasion to have a slice of pie, and not only did I, did I like leap off into this like sugar, like super buzz, but my nose started running, my sinuses got clogged. I mean, I'm talking about within a. Within a Within forty-five minutes. Whoa! And I'm, and I'm sneezing, and I'm like, Ugh, and then, uh, and then I'm plummeting off the, off the edge, and then it's three o'clock in the morning, and I'm wide awake, drumming my fingers on the bed, and I'm like, whoa, that was, that was one piece of pie, and admittedly three chocolate chip cookies and a <laughs> Palmer, but, zoom, and then. And then just it wasn't just like buzz and crash, it was it's just it was back to bonkers land. But anyway, so here I am a month into this. My energy is is for the most part like stabilized and calm. And I'm really able to recognize. I look around my life and I recognize I am presently at 44 years old, almost 45, presently in. Some indefinable feud with 24 people. 24 people that I can name.
0: And now that you have the clarity of mind, you could actually write them all down and, and keep them straight and organized.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I'm not talking about all the people that it's I'm... Not, in, in other words, with. it's not a
0: My Bloody Valentine fog of of nemesis. You, no. You've got a clearer idea of exactly who you're not square with right
1: now. Absolutely. There, there are people on the list that I have not spoken to in five years. There are people on the list I haven't spoken to in six months. There are people on the list that are just recently added to the list. There are people that have been on the list for... 18 years, but I can I can tell you, you know, like and those are those are not the people that I see around town that I'm like ah, I hate that guy, I don't even know his name, I just don't like him. Uh, these are 24 people I can name, and I'm realizing like I am I am I think myself into I th- I I on a daily basis I think myself into Buchenwalds, <laughs> like I am in I'm in 24 different Buchenwalds. Of the mind, I need 40 and the hearts, and, and I don't know. I and I have to say, like now, I've got a little bit of clarity. I've got a little bit of calm, and I'm realizing, oh my god, I'm just at the beginning of trying to get my life back. I don't even know how. I don't even know how to go around. I you know, I I I, I at least twenty of those people I can't possibly apologize to because I don't remember what the problem was. <laughs> And so, so, (laughs) that's challenging. It's really challenging. Like uh, you know, like I feel like calling people up and saying, "Hey, uh, sorry about the you know," and 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 this is the thing, people are never thinking about you as much as you are, as much as you think they're thinking about you. So probably fifteen of those people would be like, "What? Uh, Oh, uh, were we having a fight? I didn't. I I just thought have to remember who you are to know what we're fighting. Yeah, I just thought you stopped calling me because uh, we didn't get along, or because you, you know, because you were bored of me or something. You know." And and I'm and I'm sitting over here like no I'm not bored of you I'm still super pissed at you about something. So anyway, like this thinking, oh my god, thinking is such a albatross. It is. It, I feel like it, th- I feel like thinking past a certain point is a disability, mm-hmm. like a gen- like a genuine disability. And where's my goddamn parade?
0: Yeah, well, let's say it. It's a handicap.
1: Is what Berlin, it is. Where's, where, it's a handicap. It's a
0: it's a handicapable like Charlie Brown cloud.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I mean it's pig, it, – Pigpen cloud, you mean.
0: Well, I I mean just to put a little bit of syrup on those pancakes, I guess I always thought that as I got older, people would make more sense to me. And I'm embarrassed to say this because I'm certain it has either everything to do with what I didn't understand my entire life or everything to do with the fact that I'm a sociopath. But like people make less sense to me just about every week or so. I honestly feel like, on the one hand, I'm incredible, I'm growing like really soft inside and sympathetic to how fucked up everybody can be and either not know it or not have access to changing it. But I also just don't understand why people do what they do. It's just, it's so perplexing to me. And, you know, sometimes the more I feel that, the less I talk about it. But I, there's so much stuff that almost everybody I, I know does that I just frankly do not understand. And yeah. I, I keep it to myself because I don't want to argue about it. That's part of my affliction. But <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I honestly thought that as I get older, I would become more sage and more wise and be able to have, you know, A certain amount of uh, remove from these things by going, oh, well, obviously, you know, I've worked with people enough now that everything (laughs) makes sense. And now I know how to manipulate people because I'm really good at that. And and I I just I I feel like I'm around aliens more and more. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know if you get that, but I mean, that's a clarity thing for me. I I think, in, in fact, I was in a fog. For a different kind of fog, maybe not a sugar fog, but for a long time of thinking that I understood what the fuck was going on, and and now I, I know that I don't, and I know that I, my affliction, my handicap, my handicapable is I honestly don't understand about eighty percent of what everybody does. People who are exactly like me, I don't understand what they do.
1: <sighs> me either, I, and, and uh, I, I mean, am I wrong? This I mean, you, is this, this, this unrelated? No, 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 un- no, no. Is this 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 this, unrelated. Because I think it's at similar. at this Bumbershoot, there, the Bumbershoot is a time when people come from all around, lots of people people I've known for years, people that I uh, have known professionally, old friends, new friends. It's a big gathering of people. And I'm there with, with all the people and socializing and, and fun and times. And, um, there was one problem, which was that I was headed backstage to the big backstage party show. And, uh, this is, you know, a big festival, so they hire uh, they hire a lot of convicts, they hire a lot of people who um, who uh, ate a lot of lead paint chips when they were kids. <laughs>
0: they, uh, people, they hire the, the Altamont, the Altamont yeah, group.
1: <laughs> the, the people that live downwind from the smelter. Um, and those people are charged, so so they are people who are the least informed, the least capable uh
0: They don't. They don't hire them to personally measure status. They hire them to make a zero or one decision.
1: That's right. Probably a zero. That's right. They are given that they are given a mandate, which is, which is, which is basically like a bit in the movie Tron. Like, are you on or off? Yes. Yes. No. Yes. No. And so I'm in this large group of people. It includes some very famous rock stars. We're all moving along. Toward a doorway that is the doorway between the dummies, the 50,000 dummies who are out looking or dipping corn dogs in uh, powdered sugar or whatever it is that people eat at things like this. And then on the other side of this door, it is this rarefied backstage world where you just you look around and it's like everybody back here is wearing a gold cape. And everybody back here has an MTV Music Video Award. And we're just going to sit back here and put our pinky fingers up each other's butts. <laughs> and this is why we do it. It's like douchebag Valhalla. It is. We're just going to sit back here and people are going to tell you that they love your album that they've never listened to before. And people are going to introduce you to pretty girls that don't have any reason to be back there, but they're pretty. It's the whole, it's the whole thing. And this this dummy, this guy... This guy who, you know, who is still at 55 years old studying for his GED is looking at everybody's pass. And earlier in the day, I, in my pursuit of special privilege, had had jumped over a barrier because I did not want to wait for another one of these guys, another one, one of these Dwayne the Rock Johnsons, to take the time to look through my bag or whatever. And so I like, I, I skirted this guy and I did not get the little red stamp on my all access pass.
0: Oh, there's another level above all access. Oh,
1: this is the thing. There's all access. The then double there's secret all, access. Then there's all, all access with a little red stamp on it. Then there's all access with a little red stamp and a gold star on the back. And then there's all access with a red stamp and two gold stars on are,
0: the back. You are literally making this up.
1: Not at all. And oh. then there's then there's all access with a red stamp, three gold stars on the back, and one black line across the left bottom corner. <laughs> and I don't have the red stamp. And so 20 people are full, are going through this door, and this little Nimrod, uh, who, who basically is is one of the he's basically one of the puppets in uh in in Blade Runner the one with the little <laughs> captain's hat and the long nose. Home
0: again home again chick
1: chick. <laughs> he says, whoa, "Whoa whoa whoa whoa, hey buddy, you don't have the red stamp." And I'm like, "Listen, doesn't matter. I'm going through this door." And he's like, "I have been charged with one task in my entire life. My wife does not respect me. My children don't love me. My parents are dead." I will, you sh- you shall not pass. And I'm standing there and, and, you know, and this is the thing about... And they're
0: walking away. There's nothing, nobody's going to help you out. This they is can't the thing about rock,
1: rock musicians, right? <laughs> yeah. It, it is just like, they turn around and if they had looked back <laughs> and I, and somebody had doused me with oil and <laughs> was, was literally holding, building a, a ghetto brick wall around you, holding a highway flare in their hand. <laughs> and they were like, will one man vouch for this person? They would be like, see you later, buddy. And, and I would be immolated. So I'm standing there, and I'm like, I know not to appeal to the, to the, the, the kids fo- flowing through the door because, like, it's already uncool. Don't make it more uncool by calling attention to yourself. So now Yeah, I'm that, ta-
0: that, that, that reads as low status.
1: Yeah, you don't want to sit there and be like, hey, you guys, would you call the door t- manager? You know, like, the door's already shutting. So now I'm standing here talking to this guy, and I'm like, listen, I know that you have this one thing that you're supposed to do. But you have to, in this moment, just think for yourself and realize that I am not, I'm standing here with an all access pass and I did not get the stamp for whatever reason, but you should know by my mane, by my manner, by the energy that I have, the energy of a star that you need to let me through this door right now. Otherwise, it's going to get terrible here. The atmosphere in your little corner of this stadium is going to get really bad for a little bit. (laughs) And he says, you got to have the red stand.
0: How'd the atmosphere go?
1: The atmosphere got really bad right there. (laughs) What,
0: what was your, uh,
1: he kept, he kept, you know, he kept like explaining about how he had been told about the red stamp. And at one point I put my finger to his lips and I said, that's enough.
0: Oh, John.
1: Like I, it got bad there because I understand that he'd been told
0: you get real focused in a moment like that.
1: I understand what he had been told. <laughs> and I said that to him, I understand what you've been told. But this is a moment. This is a moment where, like, if you, <laughs> your
0: life can change,
1: if you do not recognize the King when he is wearing street clothes, mm-hmm. like there is no forgiveness later, <laughs> and so that set off a chain of events where I was, con- I, I needed to confront. I was. This was the universe. At this
0: point, it's not really so much about getting in the door anymore. Now no, no, no. it's gone to a different I, level,
1: right? You know what? I don't want to see this fucking show anymore. It's accelerating.
0: Not- you're, tur- you're in a turbo at this point.
1: Yeah. I do not want to stand next to Bob Mould and talk about the news of the day and talk about Bear Week at Provincetown. I am I'm on a completely different level now. I'm flying. I'm flying. I'm SR-71 now, looking down. And in a way... My the worm turned like my incredible day went to blackness because of nobody's fault. Like this this guy is whatever doing his job, just just escorting people into the ovens. <laughs> and I didn't get the stamp because of some hubris on my part earlier in the day. Like this is the this is the gods on Mount Olympus saying let us let us let us guide the path of this arrow right into the heel of Achilles and i'm and I'm standing there just just bathed in my fury at after all these years, not having the right laminate and and I'm just like what 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 is next? What is next for me? I cannot be more." wrong here you know i can my anger did you
0: i mean did you realize that at some point during the evening yeah wow
1: like that's, that's, that's pretty ang- fast that's pretty fast my anger here is the wrong anger directed at all the wrong things but it is so real it's so profound my feeling uh that there should be that there are sneetches with stars on their bellies there are sneeches with no stars on their bellies. And then there is me, the Lorax. <laughs> you speak for the butter. <laughs> I speak for all the motherfuckers. And that is wrong. That's incorrect. That is not a correct assessment of the situation. And, and there, are, there are so many ways to handle these, you know, like to, to navigate the world where you do not... You know where 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 you just you just wait in line long enough and you you, you realize when you get there like oh there's a red stamp that I'm going to need later or whatever or the guy says the guy says I'm not allowed to let you through the door and you go okay I'm going home or or, or, or I don't know what you do or I honestly this is the problem I honestly don't know what you do mm-hmm. because all I know how to do in that moment is to be Sting or Stuart Copeland worse you know like. The guy who's just, like, throwing his drumsticks at some Schmedrick who's employed by a, a subsidiary of Halliburton. So, whew, suffice to say. Yeah. No Bob Mould. Well, no, I, eventually somebody... Eventually, <laughs> somebody came out and saved you. Eventually some other employee of the super stadium. While I'm standing there, I'm just towering over this guy and I'm like, "Listen. There's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of bad things that are going to happen to you on Christmas Eve <laughs> this year. Does Christmas matter to you? Is Christmas a thing in your house? Mark mark this day well because there are there are only 115 <laughs> more Anxiety days. But you didn't so storm
0: Christmas. straight to a higher authority. Did you pull out your phone and fake call people?
1: My phone was dead.
0: But you can this, fake, Okay, I see.
1: This 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 no 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 fake because this guy the thing is at a certain point these guys turned to stone. There's nothing there is he, – he does not have the capacity. Well, they're not
0: hiring out of Yale, obviously. Yeah,
1: but, but not only that, but he does not have the capacity to think on his feet and once it gets hostile.
0: Well, there's a, there's a classic thing. I, I, when I go and talk to companies, I, I mean this is an old thing that people said for a long time, but you can tell a lot about somebody in their position, um, how much power they have. Because do they, do they have the power to say no? Or how much power and about which things do they have the power to say yes? Because true power is the ability to say yes. It's not the power to say no. I mean, having said that, you know, th- this guy's whole job is about saying no. The whole reason he's hired is, like I say, he's not there to like parse out whether you should be, you know, behind the pipe and drape. He's, no. he's there to basically be this valve where nobody gets through except for this extremely small number of people. And the single metric for his entire job Is whether he got every single one of those right?
1: Yeah, basically he is a he is a laser pointer made out of meat. Yeah, Uh, he does. He's just it's just on on or off. But you know, you know, five minutes later, some (laughs) uh, some woman who also works for a subsidiary of Halliburton comes through the door, looks at me, and goes, "Oh, hi, I recognize you from earlier." And I was like, "Is that so?" And she turns to the guy, and she's like, "Oh, I know this guy." And then I'm like, I, with one hand, I am giving this woman a, a, a sweet caress down the down the side of her shoulder. And with the other hand, I'm giving the uh, other guy the, the double nickels on the dime. Like, fuck you, middle finger, right in his little his little long nose face. And it was just like a, it was just the sort of, it was sort of a synchronized swimming move, like petting the one lady fuck off right in the other guy's face. And then I'm down the stairs. You're Like
0: and a Janice of a kind s-
1: ski you later. But so it so it all ends up. But the problem is, then I, you know, then the rest of the night through my friend's big show and through all the socializing, I am chewing the data, I am crunching the numbers in my head.
0: You can't. It's so easy. It's it's so difficult to shake that off. It's yeah. And that I'm, adrenaline. And I, the adrenaline is so high.
1: But the numbers. I'm uh, you know I'm reviewing the math, and the numbers are telling me over and over, you are the problem here. You are the agent of. You are the bad actor in this scenario because. You're basically just yelling at trees, like you are. You are yelling out the car window, uh, all alone, driving in the dark, and there's no. And what do you what do you hope to achieve? Like what what are what is wrong with you ultimately? So,
0: <clears throat> what do you um? In retrospect, what do you um? If you could. <clears throat> Monday morning uh, quarterback it uh, if you could uh, Tuesday evening quarterback it what um, maybe not specifically where did you go wrong but like if you could redo some of that knowing what you know what would you have done differently like where would it what was the earliest thing you would have changed if you could groundhog day that
1: you know the problem would you, would you have
0: waited in line for your stamp
1: no what am I some fucking monkey some <laughs> some, <laughs> some dog waiting for a, a snack the, waiting for the chuck wagon to come out from under the sink. You're such a complicated person. Chuck. Drive across the kitchen floor into the cupboard? No. What am I? What am I? A little car? You turn the key and I go in a circle? <laughs> what the fuck? No, the problem was that I, somewhere along the line here, have lost confidence in myself to the point that I was, I was sincerely concerned with being in this group of of uh, famous people being, being one of them, being the social, being, being part of the social center of a group of artists that I admired or that I understood that I was meant to admire. And that this is where I'm meant to, where I think I should belong, where I'm meant to belong in this group. And that has nothing to do with me. I do not, I do not care, ultimately. Like, the the experience of being down in that room in the the Mutual Admiration Society, the experience of being backstage is uh, entirely a status and belonging issue. Like, I could Mm. have just walked around the corner from where I was standing and have gone into the stadium and watched the rock concert. Like, the rock concert was not...
0: Well, issue. I, I, I don't want to defend or try to say anything, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> what I do know about you is that, well, yeah, I mean, but that, that. Socializing, if you want to call it that, is kind of part of your work. It's what you, what you do. And the only reason I mention that is I've been to lots of places with you where, you know, uh, people open, open their, their arms and their, uh, red, red, uh, ropes to you. It's, yeah. it's very, it's, it's not unusual for you to be the guy who goes backstage at things because that's just a thing that you do and you don't go back there and have a good douche, but I mean, like that's just a thing that happens. Um, but
1: that, but that reaction, yeah. That reaction was a reaction. The reaction I had was coming from a place of entitlement.
0: Yeah, but I it just pokes a that. hole in the fun. It's like,
1: it, you know, it's, it's... It does, it does. But that's the thing. But but that, that, that automaton in a uniform was not the problem. Yeah. I cannot be mad at the system. I can't be mad at the guy, 15 guys up who decided to hire a bunch of dummies to work security because everybody's doing their job like who am i mad at it's like being mad at the city. it's like it's like being a member of the tea party and you're mad at the government yeah. like what is the fucking government it's like it's, yelling at rain yeah right there is no the government there's nobody in charge everybody's doing their everybody's just doing their little corner of the of their work and the guy the guy that's up the chain far enough to make a decision he doesn't care. He doesn't care whether I get in or not and I can't be mad at him for it. He's got bigger fish to fry. He's trying to keep the power on in the building. So all of it was all of it was back to entitlement. Now if I was if I had come to that door with the like remembering that I am just invited everywhere. I'm lucky to be anywhere. We're all just lucky to be anywhere. And this guy's like you don't have the red stamp. What I should have said was, "Oh, where do you get the red stamp?" And he'd say, "Oh, you get you had to get it on the you had to get it on the moon." And it's like, "Oh, well, can you get on your walkie-talkie and ask like when the next ship to the moon is?" And he probably would have gotten on his walkie-talkie and said something and somebody would have been there with a red stamp in in a minute and a half.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh but but that's not the direction I went because uh, that, w- that would have been inconceivable to me. In fact, it only occurs to me now that that's what I should have done. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, you need a red stamp. Oh, how do I do that? How do I fulfill this? Uh, how, how do I do the dance? Right. Uh, but, but my, my sense of entitlement is so strong. And at the, and at this point in my life, belonging to that group matters so much to me because I am not making new music and I am insecure about myself. So all of a sudden, you know, as Bob Mould walks down the hall and and looks back over his shoulder and goes, "Who is that guy again?" And the door <laughs> shuts. And I am arguing, uh, I am arguing with a chess piece over uh, whether or not I have over, a stick
0: or- <laughs> over an impression in red ink. <laughs> when you put in those terms, it is pretty brutal.
1: You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's he's like he's a little clay figurine that somebody made to put in the grave with the with the the Chinese horse general, but he did his job, but he did his job. And when he went home and the problem is I made him feel like shit. I don't, I don't Merlin, I don't know if you can convey to our audience what mm. it is like to be in a small room with me when I am, uh, when I am like, it's so
0: fun to be in any room <laughs> with you. Like really honestly, almost all the time, mm.
1: but except
0: sometimes. Yeah. I, I mean, things happen and, and then it's not Christmas anymore.
1: No, the vibration comes off of me, and it is it. You feel it in your duvet. Just another cold, cold day in December. <laughs> yeah, and, and Santa so this is guy. Pissed. You know, he went <laughs> you home. Get very,
0: you get very, um, to use an overused word, you get intense.
1: I get intense. That's yeah. exactly. I
0: mean, is that fair to say?
1: Yeah. And so this guy, at the end it's of the fun night, fun to
0: watch when it's not me.
1: He goes home. He opens a Keystone Light. He turns on Madagascar Two. <laughs> <laughs> because it's his favorite movie.
0: He loves Alex.
1: And he's sitting watching the watching Madagascar, but he is still in some part of himself is still sad or mad or or like it didn't go well. He was doing his job and he he feels like satisfied, but he also is like I di- I diminished him. And that and why and that did was not for my I didn't do it. I don't I don't feel better for having done it. Yeah. I did it because I was in this ego posture of, of, uh, of, of like, what, what the what, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? And it's just like, yeah, I, 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 I totally do. And I, I mean, this I'm is three a- seconds away from saying, do you know who I am? I mean, oh, it's as, I, it's as that. bad as Google me.
0: It's, yeah. it, the, 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 <laughs> it's the, and it's, it's one of my deep, deep shame spots is when I do that. And I don't know. Quite what it is. I'm, again. I want to say the part of it is getting older. It's becoming more difficult for me to write off the things like what you're describing as somebody else's fault, or it's getting harder for me to find a good reason for why I behave badly when there's this feeling inside of me that is telling me intensely over and over again, perhaps over a period of days. You know, you you really fuck that up. And it's uh, it's 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 becoming harder for me to just slap that off and be be a funny guy about it. And I realize how harmful that can be. And um, and and then, I, I, to be honest, I realize how much. I don't know if this is useful at all, but I realize how, how toxic um, to my system it is to put the the amount of energy needed into thinking about that in a way where it's not my fault. It takes a tremendous amount of effort and energy to hold that misconception in a way that I can live with.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: Cause I know, I'm, I mean, I'm not that stupid. I can look at the facts. I can do the playback. I can remember specific things I said. I can remember like looking like some kind of supporting cast member in like a mafia movie <clears throat> and thinking that it looked cool and going that, is that who you want to be? Yeah. Like, is that, there was like five things about what I did there. And this, this is not your parlance, but mine, it starts, in that situation you just described, if I were, if, if that were me in your position, and it very much could be, it would be because my emotions, um, went somewhere. I didn't realize it. I didn't catch it. And the more my emotions got velcroed into that situation, the less chance I had of, of coming out of it looking like anything but like a complete dick. Yeah, because I was being a complete dick. And to me, that emotion thing is huge. Because like you just described now with now with however many four, three, four, five, seven days away from that, you can go, Oh, well, you know what, if I'd ask that guy, you know, the thing is, it's the oldest con in the world is ask something as a favor. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if that guy is in a position to get on the walkie and and talk to moonbase alpha and find out if there's some way for you to get the stamp
1: That's right.
0: And then, you know, he he's he's probably empowered to do you a quiet favor that doesn't break the rule, but he's yeah. he's absolutely not empowered cuz you know how it is. Like he, he just you just escalated with him. Sure. The one thing that he is uniquely trained to deal with having been escalated.
1: Yeah, I turned to him. I hit the precipitate turned to a crystal as soon as I applied heat
0: it's like it's it is it's a little bit like a cop Where if you just seem like a normal citizen you know if you seem like you've got a little bit of a buzz you might be able to work your way out of it but if you start not not you but in probably you at some point but if you start screaming about how you know the district attorney you know you know uh you know harvey dent and you start yelling like that that is when the cop is going to flip in like the the visor is going to come down on the armor and that's it. it well, now, the, now we're in a different place.
1: The, the funny thing is that I think it is rooted, like the insecurity in me is rooted in a feeling that I, that, that there is this, that there's this line, this, this place always ahead of me, always out of my reach, where once I have accomplished enough, once I am well-known enough or acclaimed enough, that I will be on the other side of this line and there will either be a helper there or things will be taken care of in advance, or I will be recognized. <laughs> you will arrive. <laughs> I will arrive, and I will not have this problem. But there are, there are two, two, two things that I know about that. And one is, well, in this particular instance, I'm standing out in front of this door arguing with this guy about my pass, and standing four feet away are three former Saturday Night Live cast members And two members of the Upright Citizens Brigade, original cast, all of whom also do not have the right pass, and none of whom are, and they're just standing there waiting for the next thing to happen. Like, they also want to be through the door, but they know their passes are wrong, so they are and they're it's not like they're calling anybody they're just waiting for somebody to they're waiting for the next thing to happen and they're they're talking to each other and they're kind of watching me and in this moment i'm looking at them and saying well yeah okay those people are like tv famous but this is my town and this is my goddamn backstage door you know like i did not even recognize... i i, I The fact that there were people from Saturday Night Live standing there also who could not get in the door meant nothing to me. Um, And the reality is Alec Baldwin does this shit all the time. Alec Baldwin, who by all uh, metrics has arrived, is recognizable, does have the money. like uh, Famous people all the time behave this way mel gibson and you mean the the, the entitled kind of don't you know who i am the tantrum right when somebody asks them to put their ipad away on a phone or when some you know like when somebody says sir i think you've had enough red wine on this flight and they start throwing yogurt around the plane (laughs) or
0: there's like some some friction introduced that they think uh, that they feel is the not um, applicable to them. It's like right. that, that, that's well, more like f- friction for the rabble.
1: And I think what, it, what 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 that is evidence of is that somewhere inside Alec Baldwin there is this insecurity, this feeling that he doesn't belong, and that it is that it comes out in these in this this exact same expression, which is just like, "What? How dare you?"
0: Well, it's. I mean, I. I, I try to keep the show sophisticated, but it's uh, it's you can't sit at our lunch table. That's what it is. It's yeah. that that's that feeling. I mean, I, t- tell me I'm wrong, but like that's exactly to me that's what that feeling is. If I were to sit down and go through some Freudian analysis, that's where it would end up at. It would end up at, yeah, end up at some feeling of either like feeling. a sense of abandonment, or uh, when you're a little, or a sense that that you know you thought that you thought that you were in. But you weren't really in, and then the pig's blood gets dumped on your head.
1: And 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 so, it, with the clarity of uh, of not being on a um, not being on a uh, pasta roller coaster, <laughs> I'm starting to <sighs> okay. I'm starting to examine myself, where uh, in the sense that I uh, the fog of war is starting to lift a little bit. And I, I still feel just as assailed. I still feel that um, I still feel like Westmoreland. But I'm starting to also see that I am. I am. I mean, I've always known that I was ridiculous, but I'm starting to see <laughs> how simple the ridiculousness is, and <laughs> that and that ultimately it's like a. Um,
0: oh, that's you know, an awful! What an awful feeling!
1: But, I mean, it's a focal length problem where you're like, oh, my God, that is the most incredible diorama train set I've ever seen. And then it's like, oh, no, it's a that's I'm sorry, that's an app. (laughs) And what it really is is a picture out my hotel window of a street. And you're like, oh, fuck. It's just but but actually like that's a a relief full of GI Joe's. (laughs) I mean, that's a relief in some ways because because reality is restored a little bit. Like a second ago, you were amazed, but you were amazed. And, and also it was a little scary that, that someone would have, that there are people out there so crazy and talented to have made a diorama of your city that looks so good. And then you're like, oh, it's just a trick. And I'm starting to, I'm starting to peel, peel away some of the mind tricks I've been playing on myself. And like, but I, but honestly, I don't know what to do. I am at war with so many of my friends. And, and honestly, Merlin, I have to say, when you and I started doing this podcast, I was like, oh my God, I, I am so looking forward to this, but it's probably going to last a month because Merlin and I are going to get into a fight. Aww. And then, we, well, you know, it wasn't, it's not the craziest. thing. like three fights ever. I <laughs> know, but like, the, but you and I are both mercurial. This was, a, this was an instance. You're mercurial. Where, you're mercurial. <laughs> well, this was the thing where we were going to do sound a sound is a pound. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I know. And one of the, you know, and and I think it's to our credit that we you know, we have never let money intrude. It's the only thing that keeps us sane, John. If we if we didn't do this, we would be yelling at chess pieces all the time. It's absolutely true. But like so many of my of my close friends, right now I'm like, "Uh, I he's against me." It's like, "Well, why is he against you?" "Well, because he didn't answer my text." "Well, what did your text say?" "Well, it said Fuck off! Why would he answer it? Oh, yeah, well, he because should,
0: he should know what that means. He should know
1: that <laughs> "fuck off" means hi. You this know, is like your
0: last chance. Winter <laughs> is coming. No, no, crazy, 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 crazy. Oh man, this is so. A, I, this shit's getting real, man.
1: Yeah, so I think uh, you know I'm going to spend. Enough, I'm going to. It's basically the healing power of bacon. I feel like I feel like a like I should go stand. On the sidewalk in front of Dan Benjamin's house in a white robe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that would I think that would really freak him out.
1: Chant his name. I think it would. I think it would
0: freak. freak <laughs> they're not out. booing. They're saying Dan. <laughs> you said something in a video. Well, you said it on stage while you were being videotaped. Uh, somebody asked you about a great line for picking up nerdy girls or something, and and you said something along the lines of, um, I, "I haven't." <laughs> I haven't. I still haven't assumed my ultimate form. Right. Yeah. Is that from the Chicken McNugget video? <laughs> Is that where you got that? No, that's a uh, that's a Pokemon. Oh, Rev- have you seen the Chicken McNugget video? No. Um, can I spoil it for you a little bit? Yeah, it's uh, a, like see. a security tape video. It's got to be fake, but I think it might be real. A woman goes to a woman goes to the drive-through window at McDonald's. And it begins with her screaming at the <laughs> screaming at the person I think this is Jermaine – Screaming at the person inside the slidey window about why the fuck they don't have chicken McNuggets. <laughs> she said, They go, ma'am, it's ten thirty AM. We don't have chicken McNuggets right now. And she she disagrees and says that they do have chicken mcnuggets she gets out she starts hitting the person she gets out of her car starts hitting the person screaming obscenities and saying all kinds of like crazy like lord of the rings shit like i don't even know what she's talking about and at one point uh. she says don't make me assume my ultimate form
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then she breaks the window and you know hilarity ensues
1: yeah yeah well that's a, it's a, that's the same reference pokemon well, or uh, or if not Pokemon, then it's uh, like uh, Goku. Oh, or, sure. Uh, yeah,
0: that's where, that's where uh, lots of guys come on a lady. That's Seppuku. Sepaku.
1: <laughs> <Sebaku? laughs> no, Seppuku is when you stick uh, your sword in and twist it around. Like I said, you're, um, you're thinking of hentai. <laughs> uh, wait, I think that that's when you tie up a schoolgirl. No, hentai is when a chicken a chicken wears a neck necktie. <laughs>